Five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out of Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, what's up? Here we go. Off and running with you. Hour number one. On this Wednesday, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are the home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. You get to deal with somebody one-on-one, face-to-face, the way it ought to be at Farm Bureau Insurance in Mississippi, throughout all 82 counties. What's up? Glad to be with you all on this Wednesday. What you got on your mind today? Let me know about it. You can hit me up in the uh, text line. Do you know the number to the text line? Let me tell you what it is. It is 885-ESPN. 885 ESPN. You need the number instead of the letters? Okay. All right. Here you go. 601-885-3776. There you go. Now, um, the Divinity Equipment phone line. Roger, is it working? As far as I know. Were they having trouble in the other show? I don't know about that, but I can't. I'm, I'm not able to see it. So, oh, you're not logged in some kind of way? Yeah, some kind of way. So... Uh, if if somebody hits me up on the Divinity Equipment phone, just give me like you know the old um, was it laugh- ringy dingy? Was it yeah. was that laughing or was that Saturday Night Live that did the one ringy dingy thing? Well, I I remember her more from uh, being on Laugh In. Right. What was her name? Lily Tomlin. Yeah. Yes, this is the party to whom you are speaking. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, well, anyway, so it's working. Y'all call me, and uh, Roger will tell me that uh, we got somebody on the phone. Are you not at home and with your Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm here. I'm not streaming today. I I was out on a video job and came rushing back in, jumping into the studio, and I was able to pull up the call screen on the studio computer there with you, Roger, while Chris and Beaver were on the air. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they went off the air, something happened, and it won't log in. Oh, so, I see. It's just sitting over there spinning right now. You, you, yeah, yeah, I'll that's that for you. Right, like somebody who's angry wearing a bow tie. You know how in the cartoons or bow ties you just spin around. The computer's angry over there. Or the old uh, applying updates. Please wait. <laughs> Stand by. Twenty four hours later, we unplug it and plug it back in. You know, and see if that works. So y'all hit you learn me up. All, learn all kinds of stuff on your Facebook page. Like what? Like, uh, yeah, I saw that pork tenderloin you got from Country Please. Oh, yeah, did you see that? Man, I had my little uh, pineapple sausage last night. How about that? How'd it taste? It was good. Mm. I must confess, I ate it all. 
<laughs> you they ate all of it. Huh? They, they need to know, people out there, it's not like a huge, at least it's three large hot dog sizes. Look, don't, don't be trying to talk yourself into you did what you were supposed to do. You ain't supposed to eat all of it at once. What was it? Paleo. I said, I'm on paleo tonight. <laughs> doing the caveman diet. Because, <laughs> you know, the caveman always made uh, right, yeah. pineapple with their sausage. Right? Yeah, cavemen always. Well, what cavemen <laughs> did do, though, is they'd eat everything they had at their disposal because there was no guarantee you were going to eat tomorrow. That's right. Just eat it. If you got it, eat it. <laughs> and you might have to fend somebody else off, you know? Kind of Ecclesiastes. like. Yeah, pork tenderloin from um, country pleasing meat packers. Is that what you had on Monday? Yes. Oh. And, um, you know, put it in the oven, heat it up, and golly. You know, and I don't know what's better with that type of thing. It was already seasoned, Roger. And oh, I don't really? Know. You, didn't have, you didn't even have to. Right. Uh, it was marinated. Right That's there. exactly right. It's ready to go. All you do is heat it up and vacuum sealed, you know, refrigerated. And I don't know what's better. When you I didn't know they made those. I am not looking for those. Or <laughs> when you cut up a piece and put it on a biscuit. Mm. I, I mean... So you put it in the oven, you cut up a piece, you eat it with, you know, turnip greens, whatever. Now, That's biscuit, great. We, but, we get the country fried. Yeah, but shaving it off, you know, and eating it on a biscuit the next morning? Come on! Well, I do that. I'm trying to add calories, so I'm trying to get some uh, batter on that thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, um, you know, those, I've, I've got a lot of different kinds of sausage from uh, Country Pleasing, but the kind that I've dug into the most here that i'm about to finish up is a package of that green onion sausage yeah and i noticed the, i didn't get one of those hmm, must uh, be your favorite. and then the next <laughs> package is the um it's black pepper and it's got um cheese already in it in the sausage i got a three cheese so oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna be cheesing it up yeah buddy let me just tell you it is so good really that that green onion Sausage from country pleasing is like make your tongue slap your hat off kind of good. That's what that is. So anyway, all right, there's our food segment for today. <clears throat> it's <laughs> lunchtime. It is. Y'all go down to country pleasing and get some of that stuff. Uh, there is a lot to get into. There is a lot to get into. I think um, that I do, later today, I do want to touch on kind of some of the smoke emanating from the defensive coordinator search at Mississippi State. Now, that's a touchy subject only because everybody listening to the show seems to be very concerned with it or has been for the last two weeks. But that's the key there is that it's kind of gone on a little bit. So I'll give you, I don't know, I'm not going to call it an update, just a few thoughts on that coming up later in the show. There was a huge fight last night in college basketball. And I have a thought on that. It doesn't necessarily, it's not directly about the fight that happened last night. It's just about fights in general in sports. We'll come back to that also. I'll let you hear from Bill Self, Kansas, what he said afterwards and what they what it sounded like on the radio. It's always interesting to listen to a radio call when there's a big fight. So we got some of that going on too. But, you know, you hate to um you hate to start a show on a somber note. But I think it's news that is it's just a punch in the gut for every Mississippi State fan that I know, and it certainly was for me. It's just awful. Out of Birmingham yesterday, former Mississippi State star wide receiver, Derunye Wilson, Derunye Wilson, nicknamed Bear, 
apparently shot and killed in Birmingham. Uh, confirmed by Birmingham police and uh, also the family. You can find reports. Now, it popped up yesterday afternoon, but you can find reports. Not a ton of details other than the fact that they are investigating it as a homicide and that a furious search for the killer is underway. Here's a story that I found online. It said, um, Darunia Wilson, and, and for those that don't know, most people do, but for those that don't, the Dak Prescott team, teams at Mississippi State, Darunia Wilson, war number one, wide receiver, big old 6'5 wide receiver, and he was the number one target during those years, for the most part, for Dak Prescott. Uh, Wilson found unresponsive Tuesday at a home in the 2100 block of Northland Avenue in Birmingham. Police say evidence at the scene indicates Wilson was shot and they are investigating his death as a homicide. He was 25 years old. Family was in anguish Tuesday night. Police say they believe foul play is involved and an intense investigation for Wilson's killer is underway. A family friend said Wilson's mother is the person who found him. She was too distraught to speak to reporters, obviously. A neighbor, former classmate, and Neighborhood Association president named Carrick Jordan said about him, very athletic, very respectful, humble, fierce. Star athlete on the court and a gridiron in high school at Winona High School. He won the Mr. Basketball Award in 2013 before signing to play football. At state, didn't make it in the NFL, did go to the NFL Combine. You guys will remember that. Went to the NFL Combine, was invited there after his playing career, didn't make it in the NFL, played in the Arena Football League. A reverend in the neighborhood says, Seems like every other day somebody's getting killed. This was Reverend Herman Henderson, who is president of an organization called Stop the Violence. Uh, the quote from him, Reverend Herman Henderson in Birmingham, he was such a positive young man, and to see this has happened in this section of town, it's really devastating to know that this whole future was ahead of him. No arrests have been made. There is a number, if you know anything, you can find that number online. You can also find it at WLBT. Uh, the number is the Birmingham Police number, which is 205 254 one seven six four. It's just terrible news, and it would be terrible news in any case for a young person to be murdered and have their life cut short. The reason it's terrible for us is because we knew this guy. Now, a lot of us, you know, fans, you, you never got to meet him or know him personally on a one-on-one -on -one basis or anything like that. Maybe outside of getting an autograph or going to fan day or something like that. But, you know, you learn a lot about these guys because they play for your team that you follow. You read stories written about them. You see the things they do on the field. And therefore, there is this connection. And certainly for those of us who are older and you understand what a short period of time, 25 years is, to see him have his life cut short because of a shooting, um, it's just terrible. You hate to see it. 
But in his case, too, I think for state fans, it is true that the moments that he had in his career really stand out. I mean, let's be honest. They really stand out. And I'm not saying that, you know, one player is any less, rightfully so, any less remembered than another or anything like that. I'm just saying you're talking about a guy who was a star on the best team, arguably, arguably the best team the program's ever had. Certainly at the high point of the football program at State, the high point all time. Uh, you, you know, running undefeated into the middle of the year, ranked number one in the country for week after week after week, college game day on campus, you know, all that stuff, a quarterback in a Heisman race, all that stuff. And this guy, a part of it, not just a part of it, but a very prominent part of it. So for all those things, yes, because of what was happening on the field, this particular young man, as well as a lot of the other players, very much endeared themselves to the Mississippi State fan base. And so I think it adds to the um, emotion when you get news that something like this has happened. When you see online the clip, the Birmingham police spokesman, I don't know if he was the chief or what, but he was the spokesman, and he was standing in front of the home where he was murdered. A rough area looked like. Yeah, and right behind him is the home, Roger, and <clears throat> just there's a flagpole sticking off the front porch, and it's a Mississippi State flag, you know, at his house right there in Birmingham. You know, he had he chose uh, football because he was also a basketball standout. Yeah, uh, Alabama named what Mr. Basketball, right? Twenty thirteen, right? He's Mr. Basketball, twenty thirteen. So it's just terrible. I will tell you, too, you know, looking back on his career, he had some huge moments. I don't know how, you know, he would have ranked them. I just know that I was in the radio booth for all of those games, 2014, 15. I think about some of those catches. Look, how would you rank those for Derunia Wilson? You had the, the first touchdown of the game in – LSU in 2014 in Baton Rouge. The one where, you know, the that's the Dak Prescott stiff arm game. State went to Baton Rouge and beat LSU. But the first touchdown of the game was the one-on-one catch in the corner of the end zone. He's being held. It should have been interference. The LSU defender held his left arm down, and he went up and caught it one-handed. Touchdown. Got him started. Huge play. Huge catch. That one really stands out to me. Another one in that game was that huge third down in that game, 2014, and at LSU, third quarter. LSU had picked up a fumble, run it in for a touchdown, and for the first time in the entire ball game, LSU's crowd was in it, and they called a throwback screen to the wide receiver, and it was Derunia Wilson who caught it on third and nine, followed the block of Ben Beckwith and Dylan Day, and got about 12 yards in a first down. Huge play. But you know, there's a touchdown against Auburn. I think it was the next year in Auburn that stands out. But, man, that play, that touchdown he had in the first quarter 
Well, it was the first touchdown of the game. Got them started against Auburn that same year, 2014. Y'all remember it. It's number two Auburn versus number three Mississippi State. Game day on campus, CBS ball game, Vern and Gary. The loudest I've ever heard that stadium. You know, it was obviously in the first year of Davis Wade Stadium being expanded. There were no, you talk about standing room, there wasn't even standing room in and around that stadium. It's how full it was. And right off the bat, State goes out there and they created the uh, turnover. You'll remember the defensive back, the kid from Morton, knocked the ball out. State recovers it on Auburn's second or third play, first, second, third play of the game, gets a, you know. Well, I take that back. It was after the Jay Hughes interception. That's what it was. State pressured the quarterback, and Jay Hughes got an interception, Tony Hughes' son, and it set up State on about a third down somewhere. Dak Prescott got drilled as he threw the ball, drilled by a blitzing safety, but it was the right read. He stepped in there, completed it to – Bear Wilson, about a 15, 20-yard throw and catch, and then he did the rest. And he was so big. So headed into the south end zone there, right in the early part of that ball game, 2014 against Auburn, he caught it on about the 20, and all 6'5", 235 pounds of him turned it upfield, and he just pinballed off of every DB they had who couldn't tackle him and just drugged all of them into the end zone touchdown and it got the thing started and I said this on Twitter somebody shared that clip on Twitter yesterday and I'll say this that touchdown by Deronia Wilson that single moment to start that game given the momentum and the way it happened is hands down the loudest Davis Wade Stadium has ever been period the loudest it's ever been you could not hear yourself think. You hear that a lot. You hear people say and just use it as a phrase. They say, well, you couldn't even hear the person next to you. Let me tell you something. When he did that, it was so loud. I couldn't hear Jim Ellis, and I'm on the broadcast with him. I had on a headset sitting three feet from him, and I couldn't hear what he was saying. <laughs> That's how loud it got in there when Deronia Wilson caught that football and ran it in the end zone to start that Auburn game. And, of course, they went on and won it and it propelled them to number one that year. But he was at the middle of all of it. Who do we have, Roger? We got Clay. Clay, thanks for calling. Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Clay? I was so sad yesterday when that news broke. I was I was even more sad when he didn't come back for a senior year because I just felt like he could have, if he had come back and played one more year and developed a little more, he could have probably been a a really good tight end in the NFL at that size with his hands and mm. what happened in the draft. I don't know what happened with all that. I mean, there's a lot of ifs in the world, but that was one I'd like to see. I'd like to see Duranian come back, play one more year. Possibly could have changed his draft status and changed his life, really. But not that we know what went down. But I mean, he wouldn't have been sitting, possibly not sitting in Birmingham right now. But yeah, I was pretty sad yesterday. I loved old Duranian. I loved yeah. to watch you play. I love to say his name more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's a tough right. deal because you know you just isn't it funny how we do Clay? Like, you know, you and I, we we didn't spend a ton of time with Deronia Wilson. I was around him in a press conference or two, and on an airplane or two on road trips. And but I didn't spend a lot of time. But, with just, him. but you feel like but just watching him, yeah, you felt and like watch he was a good him, person. and and you feel like 
you've got this connection and and there's an emotional connection because you rooted for them as an athlete, you know? It's just the way it is. Yeah. Hey, real quick, yesterday when we was talking about basketball and girls' basketball, and now everybody's a fan of Mississippi State girls' basketball. You know, I grew up, did not like girls' sports, obviously. I was a guy playing sports, did not like girl, girl, girl sports. So God blessed me with a son that was very good in drama and mm-hmm. acting. Mm-hmm. And two of the, two, one of the most athletic girls around in her age group who quit everything at the age of 14 decided she wanted to be a socialite. Uh-huh. And then he stuck me. Then he stuck me with a ten-year-old that was not very good and had to work <laughs> hard to be good. Yeah. So now I appreciate girl sports more than anything. I'd almost rather watch a girl sport than I'm, outside of football. If anything is all basketball, whatever, I just soon watch a girl sport as I because they work so hard and they they appreciate it more when they're doing it. And they're not doing it for the fame and the fortune at the end. They're doing it for an education and they're going on with their lives, having babies, moving on. So. But yeah, I. Uh, I learned to appreciate girls' sports a whole lot. Sure. So I hey, was going to say the other day we got cut off. Yeah, well, I appreciate the, the thought there, Clay, very much, man. Hey, appreciate the call. Talk to you soon. Hope That's the Clay. the 10-year-old's not listening. Say what now? hope the 10-year-old's not listening. <laughs> Funny. That, that unvarnished report might not go over too well. <laughs> yeah. All right, I can see the call screen now, so we're good to go. We are good to go. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, just getting started with you on a Wednesday. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. I got a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions for you. And some of these, I'm afraid, are going to be really difficult questions to answer. And it'll be on the baseball subject. You know, baseball will be here soon, right? And it's going to be here really soon. Jack, sing! That's your hot popcorn. Give it! That was cold beer. That's the way they say it at the game, brother. Give it! Give it! Alright, so I've got baseball questions for you, and it's going to be hard to answer. But, first... Let's check in on the text line over here, uh, 885-ESPN. And, Roger, again, if somebody hits me up on the Divinity Equipment phone, then just give me a one-ringy-ding in, and I'll be ready to take it. All right, so um, Jeremy M. on the text line, 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. He said, take patty sausage and use donuts instead of a biscuit. Lord, it's good. Jeremy, 
What are you trying to do, man? Are you trying to end it all? Yeah, there's a quicker way. Just go stand out on the train track. <clears throat> Sausage between two donuts. <laughs> Does it come with a bottle of Tom's? I'm sure it tastes good. I'm sure it does. Here is a question on the uh, text line. It says, how about the kid from Stanford who is visiting state this week? Transfer portal with three exclamation points from a ghost texter. Thank you for texting the show. No, um, yeah, it's, his name is KJ Costello, former Stanford quarterback looking for a place to land. A lot of folks are excited that he's visiting state, but there's no guarantee he's going to go to state. He's visiting other schools too, I guess. We'll see what happens. You know, if you get somebody like that who he's he's big time talent, he's good. He was just hurt at Stanford. But boy, you talk about a change in scenery. <laughs> One year you're playing at Stanford in front of about twenty five thousand people with an old ugly, dilapidated looking tree bouncing around down there as your mascot. You know, playing it. What, six, seven o'clock on the West Coast, but it's nine o'clock everywhere else in the country. Nobody's seeing you. You're everybody's asleep. To you're just gonna head to Starkville, Mississippi and play a year in the SEC. You took about a change of scenery. So I guess what I'm saying is a level of success elsewhere does not always automatically transfer into that same level of success in the SEC. Can we agree on that? What is this right here? What in the world is this? This is from This is from an unnamed texture again, ghost texture. I I'm I'm trying my best to read through this. And and I let's see, Matt, are you guys required to tell the truth on air? Brooks said that Zion Williamson is 330 pounds with a 72 inch vertical. It's actually 45 inches, and he weighs 285. Well, look, just because Brooks may exaggerate a little bit every now and then to get a point across, I mean, haven't we all? Yeah. yeah. Six-foot jumper. I, I I think I would figure out he was uh, exaggerating. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Brooks, I've told you eight million times not to exaggerate. <laughs> it's so it? much easier, though, than knowing the uh, exact stat. That's right. Um, Antonio wanted to know if Birmingham was his hometown. Yes. Yes, Antonio. Deronia Wilson from the Birmingham area. Winona High School, where he attended, is in Birmingham and in that area. Like I say, he was an outstanding basketball player. He was he he went out there and wanted to give it a go on Mississippi State's basketball team at one point. Three Hump Camel says, hate to hear that for Bears family. Tragic, saddening how little society respects life at times. You know, I'm going to give myself some time to consume it and think about it, maybe talk about it tomorrow. But uh, Tyler Russell, former Mississippi State quarterback, had some thoughts on Twitter after this news came out about how, you know, a lot of guys just, they need help transitioning from being a ball player to not being a ball player. And I know that there are a lot of people that will roll their eyes at that, but if you've ever been through it, you do kind of understand it's tough. The, the fact is, 
especially when you've been really good. Okay, coming up, you've been really good your whole life. Man, playing ball, it, it writes your ticket in a lot of ways. You know, if you're one of these uber talented people, it writes your ticket in a lot of ways. And then someday when it's all done, your identity, your entire identity, right or wrong, is really tied up in that being a ball player. And all of a sudden, you're not a ball player. And then what are you going to do? Now, no excuses. But what would be wrong with figuring out a way to help that so that you know you can use the springboard that is putting on that uniform and running out there on a football field on television and walking up and down the halls on campus among all these really smart people and the chance to get an education. What would be wrong with emphasizing how to use that to springboard and better yourself in life instead of getting out of school and going back into the situation you were in Get out of school and go into a different situation. I don't know. Uh, Some schools have programs like that, don't they? I know I've heard of services. We've had on another show a, a lady who who advised them on the different aspects: emotional, financial. Yeah, uh, you know how to how to handle it as you transition. Yeah, it, but it seems like the school would. I mean, they're they're. I mean, they teach career guidance. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they do, and there's that's right. There's a lot of things that are available to players and athletes and stuff that they don't necessarily take advantage of a lot of times but and i imagine can think of the massive alumni base that you guys have at state yeah and if i mean if he were struggling in some kind of way yeah how many people would have wanted to reach out and help well that's right and that's the thing help help is not just handing somebody a job or even handing somebody money that ain't help that ain't gonna last help real help goes much deeper and it's much more difficult sometimes than that. So, you know, it's yeah, just a matter take of... It. That's right. And it's a matter of figuring out what's best for him. Jay in Baltimore says, you mentioned to Runyon Wilson, rest in peace, being a two-sport uh, two star. Jay says, not sure if you saw the Coach Leach interview at the basketball game on Saturday night, but he made a comment about loving the athleticism of the players and joked that he saw a number of kids on the court that he would like to see on the football field. Got me to thinking... Who's the all-time greatest two-sports star in modern-day Bulldog history? That's from Jay in Baltimore. I would say that, what, Michael Goler would have to be in that mix, two-sports star. If there are any other names above that, y'all let me know. Bigglesworth says, has Dan Walken denounced the toxic culture in Kansas yet? <laughs> He blocked me on Twitter, so I can't see if he has. Exactly, Bigglesworth, you won't see it. <clears throat> you won't see it. A lot of these mushy-headed, soft-headed, flimsy, flimsy-spined media. Picking up, uh, not a fan. Who looked for any opportunity they could find over the last four or five years to Tweet, write, and say about the toxic nature of the Egg Bowl rivalry and all that BS. Where are you now? What about Kansas? By all means, go to get somebody on the ESPN desk now to preach to me. Quick, hurry. Kansas, hotbed over there, man. Yeah. Bull. It's a sporting event. There was a fight. And, And in fact, that one last night was a real fight, not just pushing and shoving. 
99% of those people who spewed on about that crap are idiots. Where are they now? Hiding. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. On the Divinity Equipment phone, we have Wayne hanging on in Terry. What's up, Wayne? Hey, how's it going? Just right. How about you? Uh, I'm glad to see some sunshine. Hey. Yeah, same, same Might here. Be cold. <laughs> I got a question about state women's basketball. Okay. Espinosa Hunter, what is going on with her? Uh, I don't really know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's just odd. She played one minute the night against uh, South Carolina. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if she's in the dock house or what's wrong, you know, but I mean, some days she'll play, some days she don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I, I don't know the answer to that. And if it were an injury thing, Wayne, it seems like we that's just what they would tell us, you know. Um, and it could be, you know, a combination of things. It could be, you know, a certain matchup in some games. You're looking at that South Carolina game. It could oh, be, yeah. you know, a matchup where you're trying to – maybe you have a younger player who's just faster who might match up a little better on defense. It could be defensive reasons. I don't know. I just – I'm not led to believe that it's a an injury. So, for me, it's like one of those where you just kind of lean on the coach. He must know what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, they had a good chance the other night. They just disappointed me big time. I mean, they just two or three times they've had a chance, even over in the championship, NCAA championship. But like I said, that, I thought they had that game the other night. That was a good ball game. Though. Yeah, it was a really good ball game. And on the road, hostile environment. And, and I – you don't, especially a program like State's women's team, you don't go around taking moral victories out of losses too much. But that's one because of how young and inexperienced State is. I think they take some confidence away from that, even though they lost. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, they showed them, you know, they, they played them, you know. I mean, I was, you know, but I was still, you yeah. know, wish they could have won, but, but they definitely ought to help them, son, yeah. you know. Right. I agree. Appreciate the call, Wayne. Either way. Thank you. Man, I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. All right, you too. Thanks, Wayne. Appreciate you calling. Okay. Any excuse to play this? All right, here's my question. (laughs) Here's my question. What about all these... You know, all this stuff swirling around the Astros scandal. Should they, you know, vacate their championship and all that? I think baseball came out and said they're not going to do it. But here's what I want to know. And it's in an article I read on USA Today. I think this summarizes the question very nicely. If Here it is. If Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens aren't elected to the Hall of Fame for widespread belief they use performance-enhancing drugs. 
Are we prepared to keep everyone involved in the Astros' illegal sign-stealing scheme out of the Hall of Fame, too? Uh-huh. It's a good question, isn't it? Yep. <clears throat> now think about it. If you're going to look me square in the eye and say, because of PEDs, steroids, and, you know, yeah, they lied about it. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Y'all ain't fooling anybody. But if we're going to keep them out of the Hall of Fame, not for the proof, not for the conviction, but for the widespread belief that they used steroids, are you also going to keep everybody involved with the Astros deal out of the Hall of Fame too? So we're talking Bregman, Altuve, and anybody else. You going to keep them out? Seriously. The, delete their stats from the record book. All right. You just nailed you, well, You're touching on it, Roger. Here's the thing about it. Let's just say that 20 years from now, he had, you know, he's a long career. Alex Bregman, the former LSU Tiger, young guy, one of the stars of the Astros. Okay. And let's just say, for instance, that. In 20 years, his career's over. He had a big career, lots of you know, wins and gold gloves and home runs, and he's on this list and that list, and he's a Hall of Famer type of guy. Well, look. how I'm just saying, how big of an asterisk are you going to put by his name? Because you're going to put one, and so is everybody else. Uh-huh. Pete Rose, banned for life, bet on his own team. Overkill. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. Ain't getting in the Hall of Fame. Not happening. Why? Cheated. Steroids. Oh, yeah, prove it. Well, the only proof I have is Barry Bonds' hat size. The biggest proof I have is Roger Clemens, all kinds of witnesses who stuck him in the butt with a needle. How big did Barry Bonds' head get? Big. Hmm. Undesirable side effect? Literally literally and figuratively. (laughs) Did it go up like Frankenstein forehead? Yeah, like he had the little little, uh, thread spool sticking off the side of his neck? No, no, no. He didn't go that far. No, no. no, no, no. (laughs) Look, what I'm saying is, everybody, y'all have got to admit, Astros fans included, what is the difference? See, and you're not to the bottom of it yet, are you? Because now they're starting to piece together these conspiracy theories that are way more than just conspiracy theories. They're wearing a wire with a buzzer on their shoulder. <laughs> it's put out there on Twitter by someone who says they are a family member of who? Who they're a family member of? The the manager? supposedly is a family member of somebody. And now you've got all these players and former players going, man, that ain't no, that's not some teenage girl who supposedly is the niece of so-and-so. That is a burner account of an actual player telling you that information. So then people start looking at the video and they're like, holy cow, they are wearing a wire. Okay, here's the other side of this too. It's like these unwritten rules of baseball. It's the same thing for the protection of guys who used 
performance-enhancing drugs. Going to bat for each other, right? Jose Canseco. Now, look. Jose Canseco is off the reservation. Jose Canseco is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But just because he's cray-cray does not mean that he lied in the book about steroids. But just because he broached the subject and put some names in there, anybody and everybody associated with professional baseball has blackballed him because he spoke about it. It would be kind of like the same thing is if you're Kirk Herbstreet or somebody like that, a Gary Danielson, and you got on national television or national radio and started talking about widespread cheating in recruiting. You would no longer have a job. You would not anymore be on ESPN, and you'd be blackballed by everybody in the industry. That's the way that would work if you got up there and told the truth. Do you all not see what I'm saying? Do you not see what I'm saying? And it is true. It's an act, It's a dead set parallel. All these take college football and it will take college basketball. How many of the big time basketball college basketball analysts and people you see all over ESPN on the big networks actually come out and say and tell the truth about it and say, yeah, everybody cheats. They've been doing it for years. You surprised they're paying players? I'm not. The NCAA knows about it in Indianapolis. None of them have ever done it, nor will they, because they'll get blackballed. They won't tell the truth. It's how you keep your job. All right, so in baseball, you get blackballed if you talked about steroids, Jose Canseco. And now this. Pedro Martinez. The Hall of Fame hurler has said recently that Mike Fears, the player, the former Astro, was in the wrong for the way he exposed the Astros' sign-stealing scandal. Here's the quote from Martinez. If he was to do it when he was playing for the Astros, I would say that Mike has guts. But to go and do it after you leave the Houston Astros because you don't have because they don't have you anymore. That doesn't show me anything. You're just a bad teammate. Jessica Mendoza, Sunday Night Baseball and ESPN analyst. What'd she say? Yep, this guy's a bad guy because he told and tattled on his former team. Is he? Who's really the bad guy here? There are people that want you to believe that the bad guys are the ones who tell the truth about it. Now, Billy on Twitter says, Matt, here's the difference, Matt. Major League Baseball knew... Guys were juicing, turned a blind eye, promoted, benefited from cheating. They were complicit and then acted oblivious. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is the guy who told the truth about this stuff with the Astros is looked down upon by people in baseball. Okay. And you want me to believe that you're not going to vote Bonds and Clemens into the Hall of Fame, but that someday we might vote Altuve in. Well, I got news for you. It didn't make any sense. You better put just as big an asterisk beside those Astros players' names on their Hall of Fame ballots in 20 years as you do Bonds or anybody else. Hour 2 coming up. Stick around.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 